Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. My name is Kelvin, your host, as always. Very excited for this episode. I'll tell you why here in just a moment. There's a couple people in the studio that uh, this is a rare opportunity. So I'll get to them here in just a second, let them introduce themselves. Um, but I um, want to thank you guys so much for your support of Elevate, especially as we've kicked off the new year and a couple of the sermon series that are that are on the way. Um, Pastor Michael dropped an amazing message on Sabbath. And so we're going to kind of jump around that and kind of see where our conversation goes. That's why I love this podcast, because if we jump off a cliff and go wherever we go, I just see it as God's leading wherever the conversation ends up. So uh, thank you so much for everything that you do uh, to support this this podcast. As I mentioned last time, it's been a while since we've been in studio, um, but when we have been out and during Christmas and New Year's and the kind of breaking of episodes you guys have been phenomenal, and you have helped alongside with God reach this podcast to quite literally uh, the ends of the earth. We have a listener in Ireland. I believe we have a couple in the Philippines. I mean, it's 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 crazy what you've been able to do uh, with the help of God. So thank you so much for supporting, following us on Instagram, doing all that amazing, fun stuff. All right. I've got two wonderful people sitting across from me uh, that are very special to me, Um and uh, I'm gonna let them introduce themselves. I'm gonna start with the gentleman to my right, who I can who I can pretty easily call my best friend on earth. We're not gonna cry, okay? <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Anyway, yeah, getting teary eyed um, over here. No, no, no. Uh, it was. Uh, it, it's been a long time coming. I've I've been wanting both of you, him and his wonderful wife, which we'll get to in just a second, uh, on the podcast. And today's the day, which is fantastic. Matter of fact, I may sneak them in here again before they go back to where they live in the next couple of weeks. Anyway, we'll see. But anyway, all right, sir. Introduce yourself. Where are you from? Where'd you go to school? And what other question do I want to throw in there? What do you do at your local church? Because I know both of you are very pretty active. So where are you from? What's your name? Where you went to school? What do you do at your church? Go for it. All right. Well, hey, guys. My name is Seth Bouquet. Um, originally from Dallas, Texas. That's right. Yes. Been here for... A while uh, now living in Northern Virginia, uh, near the DMV area, near DC. Uh, let's see. I went to school in a number of places. Uh, I started off high school, CTH, some Trail Academy, go Blazers. Yep. And uh, and then I went to Southwestern, Amherst University for a little bit, and then I ended up switching to Union College in Lincoln, Nebraska, mm-hmm. and that's where I ended up finishing my uh, bachelor's degree. What do you do for your local church? What do I do I for know my... both of you are very busy. Oh, yes. Uh, we do a number of things. Uh, start off, uh, definitely involved in Pathfinders. Uh, both grew up in the past Pathfinder uh, area. And uh, we do a number of things like, personally, me, I do um, greeting for the doors, uh, you know, just welcoming people in. Uh, we always sing, you know, do praise team, volunteer oh. for that. Yep. And uh, I also help out with uh, offering. Um, I'm the assistant treasurer or assistant to the treasurer. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, at our church over in uh, in Virginia. Nice. So very cool. Honored to have you here, sir. Good to be here. All right, let's go to his wonderful helper and companion, <laughs> the one and only. Uh, I'm gonna let you introduce yourself. I almost said your name. I'm gonna let you do the honors and just hit the same questions. That he did. Go for it. All right. 
Hi, everyone. I am Raquel Bouquet. I just married Seth um, this past year in the summer. We had a lovely ceremony here in Texas because this is where we met. But I am born and raised in Virginia. So we have an interesting love story we can touch on one day. So I'm born and raised in Virginia. My whole life I've been there. Big family over there. Um, I was homeschooled all my life up until uh, college where I went to Virginia Tech. And then I finished up my bachelor's there. So yeah, like Seth was saying, we're both at Living Hope SDA over in Haymarket, Virginia. Big, big Pathfinder people um, just helped out with PBE. So all those out there doing PBE, congrats. Continue moving on. (laughs) Keep studying the word of God. Um, Helping out with different ministries, a bit in women's ministry, a bit over in Sabbath school. We're both teachers uh, uh, for junior levels, Sabbath school, and yeah, just always staying active and helping out with singing or whatever else they need. I've seen them in action, so um, I can testify to everything that they're saying. <laughs> it's uh, it's really cool to have you guys here. All right. Well, uh, Raquel cheated a little bit, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> before the recording of this episode. And it's okay because technically it counts as a listen, so the analytical side and the data exactly. side of me thought, okay, well, I'm just getting a new fan and a new subscriber, hopefully, but you know that we ask a question of all of our guests just to get a little bit of a a little taste of maybe where you are in life or what you have seen in your life in the past. And so the question is, and anybody can take it, I'll just throw it out there. I have to answer it to you every week, so it's not like I... I'm, See, you um, know the question. Yeah, I mean, I know <laughs> the question because it's me. Um, but uh, the guests, they usually have no clue, especially if they're brand new, which is kind of nice. Plus, you get a raw answer, which is even better. Uh, or some crazy thing that Shane has to then edit out. Later. Anyway, we love Shane. All right. Um, anybody can take it. Here's the question. Either throughout your entire life or today, what would you say makes you who you are? So I'll I'll start because okay. I remember when Kelvin first asked us to do this, he said, I want a raw answer. And so I was listening yesterday to Elevate, like the podcast, the retake, the sermon, just to Appreciate get an idea it. where yep. we're going with this. Um, so I was hearing uh, people's responses. And I'll tell you, my brain went immediately to one answer. And that's the answer I'm going to give you right now. So it is, in a sense, the right answer. It's the first one that came to my brain. Um, so for those who don't know me on this podcast, I am an identical twin. So my whole life, up until probably recently, I've always thought about, like, when you ask me what makes me who I am or the unique factor is the fact that I'm identical twin. Back home in my conference, you didn't really know who Raquel was or who my sister Rebecca was. You knew who twins Sorto were. We were like, just our identity was combined together. And so that really, I, I do feel like it defined me in a way and shaped the way I am, the development, having another person that I am tied to the hip by mm-hmm. up until when I got married. Mm-hmm. Um, we both went, did homeschooling together. We both went to Virginia Tech together. That really did do some of the shaping to both make us strong, to make us have that great relationship that we have to this day and still keep shaping who we are. Very identical, by the way, if you get to meet the twins. It oh, yeah. Me, it took me a good bit. but uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've mixed them up myself a couple times. So. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> At least first starting off. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's just, it just happens. All right. Seth, what makes you who you are, brother? Um, I think you can point at a number of things. I think one of the biggest things that stands out just off the top of my head is probably my height. Um, I don't know. People look at me and they're like, oh, wow, he's, he's very tall. And the thing is no one really notices until I stand up because it's really just like I'm all legs. So I'm not quite proportionate to where it's, I have a short torso or maybe a normal torso. And then my normal. legs, maybe, yeah, it's normal. But then my legs are just like really long. Mm. 
And then people don't notice until I actually stand up if I'm at a restaurant or something. And then they realize, oh, wow, he's actually he's actually really tall. Yeah, I, I've been I, walking around with him. And I did people... not notice that. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, I definitely can attest to that being a, a big thing. I mean, I've always even struggled by pants. You can ask my mother that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's been struggle in my life. But um, yeah, and then everyone's always asking me, hey, how's the weather up there? But <laughs> yeah, you can you can point to that. And I guess a number of hobbies. I mean sports guy like basketball do a little fishing um yeah different different things you can point to it's pretty cool as all of six five if you're listening mm-hmm. yeah. uh, it's a big man it's great to have on your basketball team by the way great to have around the house too for that top <laughs> that's shelf right. that's right for that top <laughs> shelf um don't need a ladder just call seth mm-hmm. there you um, go all right so i have to answer this question every week so it it kind of becomes a little repetitive, but I think recently for me, what has made me who I am has been the the core, maybe four or five people that I have uh, been hanging out with and mm. kind of call as my my inner my inner core. Uh, there's this thing in sports um, where you know the, a, a lot of athletes, the lot the, you know the the advice that a lot of professionals will give the incoming rookies into whatever sports is you know you better have four or five people in your corner at all times, whether you're right or wrong, that are willing to just like put everything down for you, you know? Some solid advice. And so, um, yeah, because a lot of, you know, a lot of young athletes will get into the league and they'll end up pff, like 55 friends and then they'll trust them all and they know that they're millionaires, they'll take advantage. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But if you've got like four guys or like four girls or a couple of guys and a couple of girls that are just like in your corner 24-7, whether you're right or wrong, those are the people you kind of need to be with. Anyway, point is, the four or five that I have, I think, put in my inner circle um, over the last couple of years as I've finished school and the people that have supported me so far, I think, recently has made me who I am. So It definitely influences the people that you're around for the good yeah. and the bad. Yeah. So that would be my that would be my answer. All right. Let's jump into some stuff here that I've got written down that I want to talk to you guys about. Feel free to jump in whenever you want. Um, Pastor Michael told the story of, he was in Luke chapter 15 where Jesus goes on his immense sermon on the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son and the lost everything and the lost everything. And they all came back. And at the end of all those stories, there's always some type of rejoicing, right? The woman found her coin and poof, she was happy. And then the, the son came back to the father, the prodigal son, and dad threw a party. And um, But there's one specific verse that he pointed to where, he was talking about um, rejoicing when, you know, when, when someone comes back kind of home to Jesus, that there's this kind of the, this big party in heaven. That's where we've got that idea always. Anyway, I just wonder if there's a spot for you. Uh, I, I like to make these podcasts as practical as possible, as if the first person that's listening is either brand new to Jesus or has been in the church for 100 years. Mm-hmm. Practical as possible, I think, is the best way to apply this stuff. Is there a spot for you? Is there a place where you go? And try not to give me the generic church answer. (laughs) But is there a place for you where you find the most joy in the Lord? Like, is there a spot that you go to? Physical spot. Sure. Yeah, like like a place. Um, Or or maybe you find it in a person, I guess, Mm. where you can say, man, when I'm around this person or when I go to this place... I, I, I can rejoice myself in the Lord. So not generic church answer, 
But those who have similar background of me of musical inclination can okay. relate to this. Okay. So growing up, um, I did Hispanic churches for a long time, Salvadorian family. So grew up SDA churches and did that. But it wasn't until I went to a more gospel oriented church that I got involved in choirs and I just felt worship and rejoicing and finding myself in God in a whole other level that I'd never experienced before. Mm. And that kind of paved the way where worship is the way that whether I'm happy or I'm sad, I can connect with God. And then on the happy end, feel that joy, whether, you know, how they always say like joy is not dependent on the situation. Uh-huh. It's very different than happy. Mm-hmm. So I can be down <laughs> in whatever situation that's going on or stressed out. But I turn on that song. I'm in the car driving by myself. And I just feel that instant joy that God filled my heart that no matter what is going on, I'm going to be okay. And it's interesting because I was just thinking back recently um, when I was going through the wedding season and all those who are brides out there engaged, you can understand it is stressful. I really tuned into that. Despite the stress, I remember things were going wrong with my wedding planning, like caters and whatever was going on. And I got in the car and I had to go to an appointment and I just was listening to this song and I pulled over to the side of the road and I just was like bawling my eyes out. And I'm like, God, I'm going to find joy in this, in you. Like it called me to him and having that personal connection, that one-on-one moment in this car, song in the background, eyes out, crying, but now feeling at peace Mm-hmm. that no matter the outcome, I'm going to feel that joy that comes from him. Mm. And just not too long ago, like a week ago, I was like, you know how your life, spiritual life goes in the ups and the downs. Sure. And you, you're close to God and then you kind of like forget about God for a little bit and <laughs> you get back to close to God because you need to begin. I was just not too long ago um, going on a drive by myself to another just random appointment, turned on the radio, listening to music and all of that. And I turned the song, whatever that came on, gave me that instant feeling again where I'm like, God, let's talk. We haven't talked in a while. Like, good talk. Good mm-hmm. talk about future, about life, thankfulness, where I am, where I'm going, the people around me, all of that. So I do find through worship music, through the lyrics, it's almost like when you pick up your Bible and you read a verse that you need. I just think about that verse in a spiritual, in a, in a uh, musical aspect that I'm listening to it. And I'm like, let's have that conversation again. So that's for me. So I think for me, there's a there's a moment every week at the end of the week actually every Friday, um, and and honestly I need to get better at this because I I don't think I mentioned Raquel and I actually we co-teach um the junior Sabbath school okay at church, and there's a moment at the end of the week on Fridays where I'm taking like an hour of just pure studying the lesson. And, you know, a lot of these stories are just kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're common stories that we hear in the Bible all the time, you know, mm-hmm. Daniel, Lion's Den, mm-hmm. et cetera. But um, it, it, it's different when you're just reading yourself and you're applying it. And it's like you're looking for different ways because you've heard it so much. Even sometimes, you know, that these kids probably have heard it as well. And it's like you're applying it to yourself in a way where you're trying to grab something else, right? You're just trying to grab something else from the the, the, the main story and the theme but it's like you you kind of have this solemn this piece of just you know works over for the week and from here on you know you have a whole long period of just rest and when you're kind of in that focused mindset of you know I'm 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 now taking time mm-hmm. to just focus on 
what I'm what I'm doing for these kids and, and helping them reaching out by kind of understanding and applying this lesson that yeah I might have heard a million times but how can I focus this to better these kids to a way that they might not have heard before yeah and that to me is just kind of a awakening call for me at the end of the week because it's like I it, it just calms me down it, it it de-stresses me from all the work that I've done the entire week and it's like all right it's you know shut down mode just take time for you and you know it, it honestly just brings me peace especially for the weekend mm-hmm. knowing that I'm going into the week again it's like oh I gotta do this all over mm-hmm. you know what both of you just inadvertently um said without saying it and I think I'm right in saying this because I think I know both of you pretty well. <laughs> I think both of you, in a sense, without saying it, almost said that you find, you almost find joy in ministry. For sure. Yeah. That's yeah. what ties us together. <laughs> without saying it. And I think that's, I think that's amazing. Um, finding the joy of the Lord and being able to serve others is, uh, is something really cool. I, I'm, I'm going to share this with my radio show tonight. Um, and, um, if you're in the local area, that's 88.3, the journey. But anyway, um, so on my show tonight, one of the things that I'm talking about is how my, how maybe the listener's New Year's resolution is going and how mine is panning out so far. And I decided to not go with like, a, I think last year I did, I wanted to read like two books a month or something like that. I think I got to June. It's much better than most people do with the yeah. New Year's resolution. Oh, yeah. But anyway, the thing that I'm doing this year and what I've found joy recently in and Raquel can relate to this uh, almost more than than my dad. I'll tell you, <laughs> my dad uh, might be. Well, I'll say this: he he is probably the most detailed human being I've ever met in my life. Hmm. Um, that's weird. I met my dad. Uh, I whatever. Anyway, uh, he is super super detail oriented, like the wonderful woman sitting across from me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. I realized that I, over the last year, that God pays attention immensely to the little details mm. of our life. And so my resolution for this year was to uh, live in every day as like just to be in the present. Not worry about tomorrow, not worry about what happened yesterday, but be in today. Because if I rush through every single day, um, I'm going to miss things that God does for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get to Friday. I'm going to be like, whoa, what, what happened during the week? And I'm going to miss where, where God solved a problem for me that I didn't even ask him for. And I'm going to miss where he took care of me on my back and forth trips from school every day. And I'm going to miss where he took care of my parents and my dad traveling all the time. And I'm going to, you know, the little things that God does, I'm now this year finding joy in those little tiny moments. Mm. Um, and I'll even give you an example that I gave a long time ago, which really triggered this idea for me. Uh, I think it was back in November. I went to play a round of golf. And I'd booked it on a Friday. And I think, I guess I just kind of hadn't realized that I, I probably was going to cut it close to Sabbath hours, right? And I was like, man, God already paid. Um, if there's If there's anything in your will, just like, let me get to the course an hour early and just find a way to get me on like a half hour to an hour early and I'll be able to get done. And I got to the golf course. I think I've told the story before I got to the golf course and, uh, 
I go up to the guy, register, get my cart. And he goes, oh, hey, by the way, uh, the three groups uh, ahead of you just canceled. So if you want to go out on the first tee right now, you can. It was like an hour before my tee time. Wow. Wow. I just don't think those things are accidents or it's coincidences. True. Yeah. So recently I have found joy, and I'll stop blabbering now. I found joy in the little things, in the little tiny moments that I think I'm seeing God in my life. And I also, I feel like that helps you also have a more purposeful and daily connection with God mm. because you're not waiting until like uh-huh. a certain point in time to reconnect with him. You're actively looking and actively keeping that door and that connection open with him uh-huh. because you're being intentional about it. Yeah. And we could go on to the stories of little things, but you made such a solid point because I was packing for this trip. <laughs> Kid you not. I was freaking out because I could not find my hiking boots for the life of me. And I needed it for this trip. Mm-hmm. And I text my sister. And I said, I cannot find my hiking boots. And I'm like, I'm going to pray about it. I kid you. And she's like, go look in the garage. I was like, I've been there. You know, instead of the mm-hmm. lost things, mm-hmm. I've been there. I go stand at the back wall of the garage, looking at the entire garage. And I just say, God, help me. Kid you not in a second. My eyes looked at the same spot they've always looked at. I found the hiking boots. Yeah. It's the little things. I was. I told my sister that is the fastest answered mm-hmm. prayer I've had in my life. And anybody else would be like, oh, it's just coincidence or whatever. But we know that God works in the tiny little ways mm-hmm. to say, like, that's a little way of saying, I love you. I'm listening. Mm-hmm. Like, I am here. I am present. I think we have this idea that we have to find joy, like, in the sanctuary. And that's mm-hmm. the only place where, like, joy can be found. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, if you're not, you know, in the church, uh, consistently on sabbath you know you're not gonna find the you know you're not gonna be able to rejoice but i think you can find joy in like any area of mm. your life i think god is i think he cares for even the most randomest things that you wouldn't even think about i have two things that i want to get to before we end we know that we are not alone in this in this battle that there is an enemy that is constantly trying to take away any type of rejoicing or happy moment or joy that we have in the Lord. And I want to go to something that I think um, we can all relate to just because of how busy we are in the church mm-hmm. and how busy we mm-hmm. are all in ministry. I sometimes think that the joy of coming to the presence of God or working in ministry, the enemy can use that to distract us. Um and I'm just curious, as both of you are very active in ministry, and I'll kind of give my thought, where have you found the balance of, okay, my Sabbath is my Sabbath with God, <laughs> but it's also my ministry, because if you're working so much on Sabbath to the point where, yeah, yeah you're doing ministry, where, like, where did you connect with God, right? Yeah. I'm just curious, how do you guys, or how have you been able to balance that out? In, in your life? I, so I think initially when we first moved and we started going to Living Hope, um, we <laughs> we kind of started just volunteering to help with a lot of things, but then gradually it's like we're adding one and more and one, you know, <laughs> to the list, to the, to the pile almost. And, it, you know, it, it's like at, at some point when you realize Thankfully enough, I think one of those was kind of one of those things that we were doing, which was uh, just like camera work, you know, for the church, um, just helping recording because they, they they record live at, at Living Hope. Um, thankfully, that is kind of subjective because they get volunteers all the time for that. Um, but we had been doing that for a minute and um, it's not 
that requiring of, you know, you have to constantly be dedicated to doing that. Sure. But that along with all the other things that we were doing, it was like sometimes for me personally, I don't know if you felt like this, but it it was almost, you know, to a sense, maybe a little overwhelming because it's like, you know, it's Saturday. I just want to maybe there's just a day I just want to go to church. Yeah. Not have to worry about like doing anything. Mm -hmm. Just like simply go to church, you know, listen to everything and, and then just, you know, go home. Mm-hmm. And go or go to Pollock or et cetera. Sure. And and um I I think after a while, like after maybe the first month or two, once we had started kind of forming the habits of okay, so this is how often we're gonna do this. Um, you know, we have to do the Sabbath schooling every week, but that's kind of just a nonchalant thing that we enjoy, along with greeting. Thankfully, I only do that once a month. And then Pathfinders, I think it's like every two weeks, mm-hmm. right? So it spaces each other out. And thankfully, you know, we do have a break. We do have that sense of, you know, we're, we're still members of the church. We still enjoy being part of the congregation, you know, every mm-hmm. once in a while. Yeah, that's good. That fellowship. Yeah, exactly. I think in, in part, I mean, that's something you're always reevaluating. Sure. So not too long ago, we just had a conversation about it um, that you're always trying to reevaluate you know, because thankfully in church, at least our church, it's a one-year term. Other churches, it's like a two-year term. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a chance to test it out, test out the waters, do the ministry. Um, and then if you feel that's too much on your plate, you can move on. I have found personally that I value my Fridays a lot. Mm. The other thing is that I'm in Virginia and in the winter, sundown, Sabbath starts at as early as 4.45 p.m. Yeah. in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> so what tends to happen, which is really nice about sa- like Sabbaths in the winter, is that I can, my true Sabbath is Friday evening. Mm-hmm. I like log off work early at 4.30. Like I am it's like done almost with two it. full days. Yeah, yeah. 4.45, it, it kicks in and I'm just like, this is it. My home is clean. Mm-hmm. I'm relaxed. Like put the worship music on. Uh-huh. Like that is my my me time with God. And the other thing, like Seth was saying, they do the junior Sabbath school. It really helped us have an intentional time where while we prep for the Sabbath school, it's almost like we're having one-on-one time with God Mm. on a Bible study. Mm. And what can he show us to then pass on to these kids? So being intentional with the ministries that you're a part of, because some can add to your spiritual life and some can take away from your spiritual life. Because some can, like the camera work I found, he did it more than I did. I think I only did it like one or two times because I could not pay attention to the sermon. I just was so distracted. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't even feel like I'm there. Yep. So that's that's one example of one versus what I sing song service. That's just another form of worship to me that I enjoy for myself, like that I don't mind doing. So it's, it's different for everyone. So I would say take time to reevaluate re-eval- what ministries you're a part of and definitely find that balance because it's not good to also like the way you can give to others is if you first connect yourself with God because that's Mm -hmm. the thing people lose sight of and then collectively as a church I think one thing I found I've been amazing is being supportive of each other so like I mentioned we just got married recently I remember when we started Pathfinders the new year after we got married our leadership was so supportive to say, you're newlyweds. Like if you need time for yourself, you can be in this yeah. ministry that's and good. not feel like you're tied down. Yeah, that's good. So right now we're here in Texas and we skipped a Pathfinder meeting because we can't be there and they're uh-huh. totally okay with it, covering for us. We're a teamwork. Yeah. So I hope more ministries, because I have seen the toxic side of things where ministries like, if you're not here faithfully, you're out of here. Uh-huh. That's not what it should be like. We should be a community. We should be supporting each other's in these ministries. And then also just like, 
about work, right? Like we talk about work and having mental health balances and being supportive, like of mental health days. I think it needs to be the same thing in ministry as a church, as a community to be supportive of each other, to be like, Hey, it's okay. Take a break. Like you don't have to sing for the next two months or one month, but you're not off the team. We understand. So that's, I think that's another culture change we can make happen within the church. But I think also you mentioned one thing um, on Fridays for both of us, I think we can agree that it's like almost another Saturday mm-hmm. on how we come in because it's like at the point we stop working, it's like, okay, it's, it's, it's starting now, you know? Um, one thing that we do that I, we, I, that we changed up that I, I, I hadn't noticed and really done before because really typically before Saturday, you want time to clean up, right? Like you want to make the house neat and everything. Sure. We'll do that Thursday. Because mm-hmm. we treat Friday, literally, as soon as we get off, it's like, we don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So literally, Thursday afternoon is when we get rid of all the chores yeah. the weekend. So it's like a day ahead. For me, before I got married, before I even met Raquel, it was like, you know, the last it's day of the week. Friday. Exactly. It's, everything it's, on Friday. it's Friday. Now it's like, we want Friday to be like yeah. another whole nother day of just chilling, relaxing. Once that point of work is done, it's like, all right, we're done. You don't have to worry about anything. We can just, you know prepare mm-hmm. for the Sabbath and just relax. Yeah. I, I love how, I love how you're still finding, um, that time despite, because I, I, mm-hmm. I've, I've always said, and I've always learned that if the devil can't stop you, he'll get behind you and push you. Mm. And so we will get so busy sometimes that we will no longer, and we'll run through life so fast that we'll no longer find joy in anything that we see around us, mm-hmm. especially in, in what God's doing in our life. I want to ask you this last question. Um, here's the, here's the real practical one. So somebody maybe can see it and visualize as they're listening recently. Has there been a moment where you have been able to find joy or rejoice in the Lord? It can be little, it can be big, but something recent that has happened to you. I can, I can say something. Um, so one of the reasons that we came back as soon as we did, because we, we, we plan to be back in Texas for about almost three weeks, nearly a month. But when we came, when we did, um, I got to see my grandma turn 91. Um, and that that's a huge thing. I mean, she, she's she been um, diagnosed with Alzheimer's for a pretty long time. But health-wise, she's still doing great. And, you know, to see all of her friends, all, all the people that I grew up with when I was young, going to the same church. um you know, just, just kind of coming and gathering together for her 91st birthday. Uh, that That's something truly special. And and you can tell, especially because if you were there, we, we kind of, I mean, we went out. Like, typically, I feel like when you're maybe in your 50s or once you get past a certain point, it's like, you know, you almost might forget what birthday you're on, <laughs> right? Um, but then it's like, my, and my mom always said this, Every year after 80, and she's a nurse, every year after 80 is a blessing. And to see her turn 91, the way that we celebrate it too, it's like, you know, it's it's a blessing. It truly is a blessing um, to see her. And if anyone doing that knew well. her, would know that she lived her life for God. Oh, yeah. I mean, pastor's wife, ministry. Yeah. So I think seeing i i loved uh, her caretaker was one of the ones planning mm-hmm. the party and there was something she said at the birthday party that i loved she said 
we would all love to be the way she is. Like she is mm-hmm. in perfect health, 91. I mean, she has Alzheimer's dementia, but physically she is still well. She, you could see the twinkle in her eye when she saw you, Seth, and she had a smile. And so it almost is a testament to God and his goodness, the way he has been allowing her to have her life this long and enjoy in such a good way. And I think that's one of the ways I can see just, Seeing her gave me that little joy in the Lord. That's like beautiful things happen when we put our life in his hands, no matter the outcome. I mean, the Alzheimer's dementia diagnosis is not something anybody would wish on, but yet she has been able to live to 91 in such a in such a good environment. She has a great caretaker that also surrounds her with God's love. And into that age, she's able to be listening to hymns in the background and she listens to sermons and she's in such a loving environment and she has love around her. So I think placing your life in God's hands and then we're seeing that testament. She's she's a living testimony. So we got to see that little glimpse of what that that joy in the Lord actually lived out and looks like to that age of 91. Yeah. And it, it it's just miraculous because you see all of her friends. She was involved in so much, like you mentioned at the church, like her Pathfinders, for example. She was a beacon for, you know, a lot of generations and um, including mine when it came to that. And even other ministries that just were involved in the church. I mean, her husband being a pastor herself, obviously she was bound to, um, you know, be involved. Um, but regardless, you know, her her ministry to the church and everything that she's done um, honestly just speaks for itself. And going on that note, since we're going to go on observing just the life of those that we've seen around us that have lived their heart with after God for so long and seeing the joy in that. um, Recently I went to um, a funeral of someone who passed away and those are always hard, but she lived to 89 And she died in such a peaceful manner Mm. that even through death, you can see God's goodness and graciousness Mm. of how he held her to the end and how Mm -hmm. she lived like her funeral was a testament to God and as a witness to God. And so when you see those around her express joy through the hard times Mm -hmm. because of the way she lived and they know they see her again, it's another way on actively seeing just rejoicing the Lord through the good and the bad because he is He is God and he is good. Yeah, love that. Well, I want to thank you guys uh, so much for this conversation. I think I'm going to find a way to force you guys to come back in here. <laughs> I'd be uh, glad to over come the back. Next, over the next couple of weeks. I think you're still here for a couple of Mondays so yeah. um, or Tuesdays when we usually record. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, this has been on my bucket list of LOA podcast. So I appreciate you guys so much. Wherever you're listening, thanks so much for your support of Elevate again. Like I always say, make sure and hit that little share button on whatever you're listening to, Spotify, Apple. You don't know the impact that you can make by just simply clicking share and not popping up on somebody's phone, laptop, computer, tablet, whatever it is. Um, If you were blessed by today's message, I'd encourage you to share it with a family member or a friend. You can always reach out to us, tag us on our Instagram. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much again for what you do. Stay tuned for this uh, sermon series that we have going on. And, um, and yeah, um, thanks so much for working with God to make this, uh, this, this podcast into the new year, what it is. I'm excited for some of the guests that we have planned over the next three or four weeks. No spoilers. So you're just gonna have to wait and find out. But again, Seth, Raquel, thank you so much. And for Elevate and for everybody here, including myself, your host, as always, there's always room for 
Baltimore. 